Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, super achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Stella Scott. Stella, who resides in Sweden and has 30 years experience as a coach, therapist, and opera singer, works with executive women, guiding them to fall in love with themselves because low self-esteem cripples one's ability to lead. Welcome, Stella. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you uh, do some interesting work in this world, which I definitely wanted to share with the viewers. But before we jump into that, can you sh- can you share a little bit about your background that led you to what you're currently doing today? Um, I think we're going to start like in childhood. Uh, I was born with a disability, uh, club feet, and it was quite severe. And I went through a lot of surgery and a lot of uh, hospitalization and um, pain, basically. Yeah. And while I was doing that, uh, I had to like take care of myself a lot. Um, I did not have a lot of support from my family or, or, or from my parents. They're both like on the narcissistic side. So I was like a, lo- a lonely uh, child with a lot of pain and a lot of brains. <laughs> so I was like <laughs> thinking a lot and, and interested in what is life and what is truth and yeah, like very like deep questions for, for like a small child. And I, and I was very self-sufficient, uh, too self-sufficient uh, for my age. But that also prepared me uh, to see and understand and deal with other people's pain. And uh, while I was growing up, I was very interested in, in art and uh, performance. And because of my feet, I was also put into dance school. So I started dancing early. And when I was 20, I started my own dance company, which is like crazy. <laughs> I was working as a dancer professionally. Uh, but I was still having this interest in the mind, in in the human, in what makes us tick, what it, what defines us. And while going through uh, college, I went to Pratt Institute in New York, uh, studying theater, majoring in theater, and and that whole thing of like, what is it to be a human, and how you you know we say something on stage, and then you have the like the inner monologue and dialogue going on at the same time and that is what really interested me what is going on underneath what comes out uh, both mm. in what you say but also in how you dress and your gestures and your facial expressions and all of that so while i was like working on stage and having this professional training i was i ran into like a life crisis in when I was about 25-ish, something. And from there, my this interest really geared me towards uh, my second education, which is uh, being a Gestalt therapist. So I did that, and at the same time as I was going through the Gestalt therapy 
training. I also went through a training to become an opera singer, like furthering on my education, like my stage education. So, well, how should I say? My foundation is being human and seeing that from an artistic and very physical perspective because of my feet. I have always have like a very deep connection. No, let me put rephrase that. A deep disconnection to begin with, with my body. <laughs> Not yeah. to feel the pain. But that in that resulted in a very deep connection later on, years later. But the, it was like my way into my body eventually was is through my pain. Isn't it amazing how adversities that we go through help build us and even open doors that we that never would have been opened before? Yeah, I think there is some kind of meaning, <laughs> or we can turn it into meaning. We can use it for something. Yeah. And that is really what I do uh, with clients today, is to say, how can we use whatever you have in your story uh, to have you come closer into yourself and make your body your home? Because your body is the only reason here without the body there is nothing exactly wow <laughs> so I love that so that leads you to your work uh, and you also speak about uh, helping others gain confidence and be more assertive can you can you tell us about that yeah I, I, I really from my own experience because when I started dancing uh, I was four uh, and I was standing in front of the big mirrors, and I did not look like the other uh, little girls. Uh, I was I had dark curly hair and browner skin. Uh, my father's African-American, my mother is Swedish. And all the other girls were like blonde, blue-eyed with straight hair. <laughs> uh-huh. So already there, I felt like I didn't look right. I didn't, I, I didn't see myself as like cute or anything. It was like, not exactly ugly, but it was like wrong. And also I had these feet because my feet were not beautiful. And so I was judging myself very heavily in that perspective. And then I continued all through my childhood and my teenage and everything, always being in front of these big mirrors, always seeing this flawed image. And what I understood later on is that most girls see the same thing I saw, but from their perspective, that they're not good enough, that we're constantly fed with this image of, you don't measure up. And also that we're not allowed to measure up. Yeah. We're supposed to be kept in this little, be silent, be cute, be still, let other people speak, let the boys speak, boys will be boys, and girls, you just stay put. And that creates a very crippling environment for the young girl to grow up and actually come into full fruition of who she has the potential to be. So I used to say, I'm the deep gal. So if you work with me, this is where we're going. I do not do this little like, let's talk later, but think positive. I don't believe in that because I want like the deep transformational process that will bring you home to yourself. 
and and the whole reason to work with me is to so to speak not need me it might take some time if you have like a, a deep and painful process and when when the process has started you will never want to end it that doesn't mean that you want to work with me for the rest of your life but but it's like perpetual it's like a tree you have this like the the rings of every year and you just continue and you grow and you expand and you grow and you expand and you can do that in many different ways but you've got to start somewhere and that is being truthful to who you are in your own body mm. so to the listeners out there listening and um, they want to start working on themselves so the first step that they need to do is, and this is a long process, we all know, mm-hmm. right? So it's being truthful to themselves. How, what does that look like for them? Um, I would listen to your inner, um, let me call it cravings. And I'm not talking about food here. <laughs> the, the urges of where, where you want to go or what you want to do. Most of my clients are executive women in, in like C-suit positions. And so it doesn't mean that they don't want to do that, but it's a question of how do you want to do that? And sometimes it's, they're in the wrong place and, and they realize that they want to move out, that that is the problem. And sometimes it's that they can't perform the kind of leadership that they want to perform because they try to live up to someone else's expectations. So it's a question of how, how do I feel good about what I'm doing? How do I feel at home with myself? And what I've seen, it's, it's really like hard to, to talk about and try to say, do, I can't say do this. But what I know is that the response from the outer world changes every single time, no exception. So you will get different responses from your coworkers, from your subordinates, from your from your boss, from your parents, from your children, from your spouse, from your friends. That they will notice that when you are closer to yourself and you're being more truthful to yourself in your own process and who you are and what you want to give to the world, uh, everything changes and life does become easier. Oh, yeah, immensely, right? So whatever's going on in our heads is going to show up in our bodies. It's going to show up in how we present ourselves to the world. So I definitely think that is a great first step is being more truthful to yourself. You gain more confidence in yourself, your abilities, your your thoughts, and that shows up in the world around you. I, I love that. Now, you also talk about uh, getting more in your body and that's helped you. Can you share a little bit about that um, as, as it relates to gaining confidence and being more assertive? Yeah, as I said before, the thing is that we, the body is the reason we're here. It's the only reason we're here. Without the body, right. it's like, forget it. And sometimes people say, oh, you know, your, your body is not that important. It's just, you know, your, your soul needs somewhere to move around. Yeah, but the thing is that if, if that is the case, the soul made a choice of having a body, which means that the body is the most important thing for the soul. Exactly. It's our vehicle. <laughs> it is our vehicle. And, and I wrote an article about that where I said that your body is your spiritual vehicle. It's the only thing you have. So 
what whatever way you can get in touch with what your body desires and needs and how it feels good use that and sometimes it is having a chocolate bar and sometimes it's not having a chocolate bar (laughs) 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 and really it's a question of discerning what is what because a lot of people do use food and eating to avoid pain and and try to uh, handle medicate themselves yeah but, and this is important when we look at in how do people eat today and, and this whole, the craze about diets and everything, that is also, well, this is how I see it. This is also a way to handle pain. Oh, if I just go like, um, no carbs, or if I go in, oh, I'm going to be vegan. No, and then you go like crazy in that direction. That's also a way of handling pain in many ways. And you know, you can send, put in all kinds of excuses on why you're doing it and the climate and blah, blah health, whatever, but it's it's like the craze and not listening to, is this really what my body feels good about? Yeah. Is Am it? I properly fueling my body, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. And I can see uh, when it comes to some, sometimes, you know, they choose a kind of diet and then they go in that direction. And I can see in in the skin tone how they breathe in their hair, in the luster in their eyes, that this is not right for you. Your body is not happy. It's not exuding zest and energy and confidence. So, and and it is a process that takes time to listen to what do you want to eat and really talk about with your body as an entity of itself. It's me and my body. It's your companion. Oh, I like that. And also how you dress your body. I never wear anything that is uncomfortable. It also has to be good looking. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel good about yourself and you're That's comfortable. That's right. It exactly. Has to be, because how can I feel good about myself if I don't feel comfortable? I want to smile when I look into the mirror. I mean, I, I, since I did not smile for many years, I always smile when I see myself. I love my own image today. Oh, nice. Is I look in the mirror, it's like, wow, I want to be her. <laughs> well, along those lines, um, feeling good about yourself. So being truthful to yourself, you know, getting in your body, taking care of it. What are some other ways that uh, one can help themselves feel good about themselves mentally? Well, that This is such a humongous question. I know, I know. <laughs> Because I don't go into the direction that you do yoga and do meditation and read the books and that. It's it's more subtle for me. And it's more about being with yourself. And then I'm not talking about mindfulness. I'm talking about the communication with yourself. Yeah. I have an exercise that I did when I started my own process and going through my own therapy. And I, so to speak, invented this for myself. I'm sure a lot of other people have invented this for themselves. too. But this was for me that I realized what I had been avoiding. I had been avoiding my own image. When I was 18 and I studied uh, at Pratt, uh, I would, with my stepmother, I would like go out the door every once in a while. They had a big, this huge mirror in, in the hallway. And she would always stop there, you know, and adjust a little and, you know, is this okay? And then she would go out. And I would just pass and go right out. 
And after a while, she was saying, Stella, you're not very vain, are you? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> because I really did not understand the question. And I said, you never stop and look at yourself before we go out. And somewhere there it was like, oh, right, yeah, because I don't like to look at myself. So I avoid it. So this is a long story. I'm not going to go all that. But it has, it's connected with this thing of not standing in front of the mirror liking myself. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through my therapy, I realized, okay, so I, I avoid looking at myself. I have to learn to see myself. Mm. And I started to look into the mirror every single day, 15 minutes, half an hour. And I would just look at my face and look into my own eyes every day. Sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter. Sometimes the whole the image, you know, full, full mirror. I, and I just waited for something. I wanted to see myself. I wanted to see, who is this? Do I know this person? I want to know this person. And in the, pro, the, the whole of the therapy, it was really painful, this whole thing, of like seeing the truth about my life and all the lies I had created to survive my childhood. It's a long story, not even short. Uh, so after about six months, I suddenly saw myself. Mm. And what I saw was a very beautiful woman. And this sounds crazy. Anyone who sees me today said, this is crazy. I had no idea. I had never seen her before. I cried for three days straight. Yes. <laughs> wow. Because I saw, I, and I get, I, I feel really touched when I talk about this every time because I think about the little girl, I think about the teenager, I think about the young woman who was always judging herself, saying she didn't measure up, and avoiding that image because I didn't like seeing myself. And suddenly it was like, this is crazy. And I realized that I have always looked like this, and I always will. I will look like this as a 90-year-old, but I will always look like this because this is the truth of what I look like. So what I'm saying, what I want to say with this story is take the time to see yourself with or without makeup. Some days with, some days without. I mean, different images of yourself. When you just got out of bed, you know, hair is all over the place. And when you're crying, when you're laughing, just take the time to see who is that and wait. And you know what? I was 26 then, I think. Or was it 27? I am today 60. I still do that same exercise every day. Wow. Not So really to love yourself yeah to appreciate not, you are take the time and today it can be like 30 seconds but I, it's with the same kind of gaze i see myself i take the time to really see me and i read a book about um the third the third part of your life uh, that i've that i've entered and, you know, and I, it and she this woman she wrote Something about you know suddenly you, you you're there and and you like you you're so surprised because you see wrinkles and I was like surprised I've seen every <laughs> single wrinkle of mine you know grow because I've been with myself it's no I know exactly what I look like yeah 
But most people, they don't see themselves. And therefore, one day when, when they're like 42 or 61 or 78, they wake up and say, oh, jeez, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> because they were not present with themselves. Oh, yeah. And this is what I want to give all of you today listening. Be present with yourself and let mm. it take time. I love this. So we're going to be true to ourselves, mm -hmm. be present with ourselves, you know, take care of this vehicle that we have for this life. Can you share a little bit about the services that you provide? What what I do today, I I coach and I don't coach with or since I'm both a coach and a therapist, I I can go between the two. My experience is that most people that actually need and look for therapy, they go to a coach. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same thing, and it's usually not what you need. And I say this just about everybody out there. Just about everybody needs therapy, which is like deep healing. It's not some kind of uh, advice or, you know, you know, you ask questions so you know, know how to use your resources and get out there. Therapy is about finding your resources and realizing they are even there. Yeah and what they really are, and how you really truthfully want to use them, and if you're in the right place. Coaching is about how to deal with these resources. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, it's two different things. So, uh, so what I do is that I, do not, uh, I don't do programs. I don't sell things, you know, buy this program you know, online and then do it all yourself. Uh, I've done these things too, but where I'm at now, because I've been working for like 30 years, is that I work one-on-one, -on -one, with, with a package, and then you can decide how big a package you want. So one-on-one -on -one coaching, really, right? It is one-on-one. -on -one. It's one-on-one -on -one coaching therapy. I don't really even know what to talk, call it. One-on-one, -on -one helping you develop yourself. Yeah, something like <laughs> that, you know. You provided us with lots of great feedback, lots of great wisdom. What final piece of advice would you like to share with our listeners? Wherever you are in your life, whatever feels challenging and difficult and painful, I want you to know one thing. There is nothing wrong with you. Whatever has happened in your life got you here. You survived whatever it is and you're surviving now because there's nothing wrong with you. Had there been something wrong with you, you wouldn't be here. That doesn't mean that you don't have pain or that things aren't challenging. But a lot of people walk around and think there's something wrong with them. And I just want to tell you, that's a lie. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you. And, and asking for help and getting help it's not wrong. It's right. It's brave. <laughs> brave. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Stella. Thank you, Christina, for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Stella, visit her website at theenergizedme.com. Does your organization need a proven leadership development program? Visit christinaeans.com for more information.